Hey everybody, welcome to Foul Puck, the uh, sports ball podcast for the rest of us. We are here today on a uh, lovely January afternoon, or it's lovely here, I don't know what it looks like in uh, where Rebecca is, but uh, just dark. probably dark. Dark? Mm-hmm. Okay, no. well. <laughs> it's a lovely afternoon here it in really California. It really cloud in the sky. <laughs> and I am Nancy, and I am a semi-basketball guru. I'm going to talk about ice skating today, though, so we can call me the ice skating guru today. Oh, woo-hoo. I like it. Very uh, winter appropriate. And oh, I was about to talk over you. I'm Rachel. I am your baseball guru, currently Yay. in the off season. And and I'm Rebecca. I am your hockey person and your stand-in football person. Excellent. We are we are being uh, multifaceted today. Yes. We are dabbling yes. in sports that are not our own. Yes. But you know what? I have never liked being constrained in this <laughs> no. sort of thing. I don't like labels. I don't like labels. And that's that's kind of part of the spirit of this podcast is, you know what, we're fans and we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about and everybody is just along for the ride. And I think, (laughs) I personally think that's part of our charm. Wouldn't you agree? Sure. Let's go with that. Sure. If we're calling us charming, yes, that's part of it. (laughs) I think you're very charming. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So uh, let's get started at the top of our show here with our team's check-in. Uh, Rachel, I hear it's the off-season. Yep. A's are taking a lot of naps. <laughs> Good for them. Getting caught up on their Netflix. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay, but like, real question though. Uh-huh. What do baseball players do in the off-season? Um, some go to other countries and play. Oh, really? In, oh, okay. uh, yeah, in the... Uh, uh, like Latin American leagues mm. or Caribbean leagues or mm-hmm. uh, over in, in uh, Asia, in East Asia. Um, I think that's a lot of like lesser played, lesser paid major league players and that minor makes league sense. players. Yeah. Um, others just, I think, do take some time off. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like, I mean, because they play so many games in a season, it seems like it would actually make a lot of sense to be like, you know what, I'm going to sit on my couch for three months. Yeah, and realistically, like, if your team goes all the way to the World Series, you're off November, December, January, and you start back in February. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. The equivalent of a school summer vacation. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way it is for, for the NBA and the uh, NHL, too, right? If the playoffs finish in June and then, you know, you're back at uh, pre-camp uh, in, what, like, August, September, then, yeah, you get, like, July, August. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for that update. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Rebecca, tell us about your uh, many hockey teams. <laughs> Yeah, so so I've actually been thinking about this, and I feel like updating you on four hockey teams at once is probably not like the best strategy mm. <laughs> to keep people entertained or engaged. So uh, <laughs> the Capitals are doing great, and that's mostly what I care about. Um, okay. <clears throat> I have more on the Capitals uh, when we get into current events, because sure. the mm-hmm. Caps played the Sharks today. Um the one thing I'll say that the Capitals really need to work on is their penalties. They oh. have taken, before the start of today's game, I think they took 171 penalties so far this year, which is the most That's in the league, does... like, by far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, thankfully, our penalty kill is pretty good. We're third in the league in terms of penalty kill. Actually, the Sharks are the first. Um, hey, hey. Yeah. So, so it's good that we have that penalty kill going for us otherwise we'd be just absolutely sunk um but it means we're playing kind of on our back foot a lot so 
or I should say they're playing because I'm sadly not on the ice with them. <laughs> You're um, there in spirit. I am. Uh, so so I, I'll say that's what we need to work on. But you know what? It's kind of working right now. So I can't, be, I can't complain a, too much. Remind us what a penalty kill is. So the penalty kill is when your team takes a penalty. Your team uh, does something wrong. They... Um, hit somebody in the face with a stick, or they trip That's somebody. That's wrong in they, hockey. It, I mean, if you do it when it gets way. caught, it's wrong. Things like that. <laughs> okay. Um, so when your team takes a penalty, one of your players goes off the ice into the penalty box or the sin bin, or the timeout box, as I like to call it. Um, mm-hmm. And then the rest of your team is playing a person down. So you are trying mm-hmm. to kill the penalty without the other team scoring when they have an extra player on the ice. Okay, so you so, you get so in the, trouble. You get five, four guys on the ice. Right. The other team has five guys on the ice. Correct. You're trying to make it to the end of the penalty time. Correct. Without getting scored on, and that that's is right. killing the penalty. Correct. Meanwhile, so where are the, the penalties? Huh? I was just going to ask in the Caps case, where are the penalties coming from? Are they playing particularly aggressively? Are they? That's a good question. Offsides a, a lot. <laughs> Look at you. So offsides <laughs> is not considered a minor penalty. Offsides is not going to put somebody in the penalty box. It's just okay. going to end the play and kind of start over. Gotcha. Um, the the caps are mostly taking um, what we call stick infractions. So that's they use their stick and like hit somebody in the hands, and that's called slashing. Or they use the stick and trip somebody, and that's tripping. Um, things like that. So they're taking mostly undisciplined um, mm-hmm. stick stick penalties. They've taken, I think, 11 um, delay of game penalties. So when your team or when, when any player hits the puck out of bounds and hits it like out into the stands and it does not touch the glass before it goes into the stands, that's considered a delay of game. And the Capitals have taken 11 of those this season, which is too mm. many. We took at least wow. one today, if not two. Um, so so, so those, are, just, those are bad penalties. Is this just like sloppy play? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, okay. So it's yeah. not like they're going out and like intentionally tripping people all the time. It's not, it's no, not I don't part think of a so. strategy for them. No, it's, no. Okay. Or, or if it is part of a strategy, it's... Well, I don't know. They're first in the league, so maybe it is working. But I would say it's not working. Um, So, yeah, mostly mostly it's these undisciplined penalties. Sometimes a penalty is a good thing. Like, if you have somebody who you think is about to score or they're going to get a really good Mm -hmm. chance and you kind of, like, knock them out of the way or trip them or something like that, that might be a worthwhile penalty. But we're taking Mm -hmm. penalties on on, at, at times where we shouldn't be taking them. So that's the one thing I'll say that they have to work on. Okay. But again, they're they're leading the league right now, so I, I really can't complain too much. That's that's fair. That's yeah. that's a very um, fair evaluation. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, my team's updates. I honestly uh, have not been watching the Warriors too much because it's been a little unwatchable. Uh, <laughs> I've just looked at the record and it's looked a little unwatchable. Yeah. <laughs> I will say to their credit, they did manage to string together four wins in a row at home, Whoa. which wow. was like a miracle. That's uh, great. It was great. Um, and then they have promptly gone back to losing more. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> 
but they are they're uh they're getting closer you earlier in the season they were getting blown out just like every single night just getting beat by like you know 30 40 points um these games have all been a lot closer so even though they've got you know they had a little winning streak and then they've gone back to losing they're definitely losing by more like four to ten points instead of you know 40. 30 that's an improvement <laughs> so, that is an improvement so, yeah yeah, there's there's progress being made. Uh, they are trundling along, bless them. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna. So we're are gonna... you are you or is the fan base at all worried about the coach being fired and you know management changes no. and things like that? No, no, no. Um, because this is very obviously like not. I mean, this is this is a season where it's the result of bad luck, not the result of bad coaching. Okay. Um, like yeah, even I can kind of tell, but it's the e, players who are just—they're new. They're—they're they're, they're struggling right. to so find you have their a confluence their of events where like you lose one of the number one stars in Kevin Durant. He went away. You then lose two more of the number one stars to injury. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are both mm-hmm. have not been playing for months and will not play at mm-hmm. least until like the end of February, early March, if at all. So like, that's a huge, huge hit. They've still got Draymond, but he's been out for injury. They've got D'Angelo, who's streaky and was also out for injury. Okay. And then they've got, like, rookies. So, so it's, you know, and, and there, I think I talked last time about how, like, they've got a couple guys who are starting to put a few things together individually, but nobody's mm-hmm. putting everything together on the floor. Um, but no, I don't think there's any sense that Steve Kerr is going to lose his job or anything like that. It's too clearly just bad luck and a string of injuries, and we're all just kind of, you know, tossing this year out the window and sure. looking at 2021. So, okay. yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. No. Uh, and the Sharks, I have just been uh, completely unplugged from them, although, <laughs> except for the news about them firing their coach. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that. Yeah. Uh, which... If you remember in the last pod, Rebecca was talking about an unfortunate uh, coach firing. Did we ever find out the reason for that? Actually, a that's statement. a good question. Yeah, just just this week, um, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Montgomery, the former coach of the Dallas Stars, um, mm-hmm. checked himself into an alcohol rehab center. Oh, so, interesting. So we don't know the the inciting incident that caused him to right. be fired, but one can extrapolate. It was a, a right. drinking um, adventure. Something. Whether it was a DUI <laughs> or a drunken disorderly or, you know, right. a lot of us were speculating that, that like many old white men do, they get their junk out in places they should keep their junk mm. private. And so who knows? Mm-hmm. It could have been a, you know, drunken get your junk out situation. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, in any another case. Another stick infraction. <laughs> no no it's the wrong tune okay wait a minute i need to write that down because that's gonna be the title of the episode yet another stick infraction couldn't write this. oh i love you <laughs> that was good so so we don't know officially why he was fired but one would presume that it has something to do with his uh-huh. um alcohol addiction that does seem likely. Well, or I'm glad he's I should say it, his behavior stemming from his stemming alcohol from, addiction, right. not right. the addiction yes. itself. 
Yeah. Right. Of course. Yes. Okay. Well, so that happened. And then there was another firing uh, of another hockey coach at basically the same time over racist incidents yeah. in his past. Yeah. And then uh, Pete DeBeer, DeBoer, how did I've heard different DeBoer, um, who was the Sharks coach, got fired. And they had to be very, very clear about yes. for hockey reasons. In yes. fact, they were so clear about that that I started to wonder. I know. But it, but it, it does seem as though it actually true. was. But yeah. it was just, I remember hearing so much and thinking so much, like, what kind of commentary is this on the sport that like when you're firing yeah. your coach you have to come out and be like no no it's just because the team sucks right now yeah. we promise yeah it's nothing he did it's just yeah. that they're not playing well um, but um, it, they also fired some other yeah it wasn't just him they basically no fired it was like a, of the it was like a clean staff. sweep of yeah. the coaching staff a, there's like one guy remaining um yeah. and they brought in an interim who has been the coach of a couple other teams and done very poorly um, as the coach of those other teams. So that's <laughs> not heartening <laughs> news. Uh, but he is still just the interim head coach. So the speculation I've been hearing is that, like, we'll see whether or not they make the playoffs. And if they make the playoffs, maybe they'll make him the actual head coach for a year. And if not, then, like, they'll definitely be holding some interviews. I mean, they're, they are unlikely to make the playoffs as yeah. of right now. Yeah, I was going to ask about yeah. that. Yeah. No, it's it's not looking good. Yeah, but no. if a miracle should happen... Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, the reason that you do this sort of mid-season firing is to light a fire under the team's ass, largely, Mm -hmm. right? Like, this is a sign, like, shit's going down and you got to pull it together. So at the time that that happened, there was at least the possibility, given that the Sharks do actually have a lot of really good players, Mm -hmm. that, like, maybe this would be the sort of, like, come-to-Jesus moment where they go, oh, maybe we should, like, play a little better. Yeah. But that's presuming that they're capable of that and I'm not convinced that this team is capable I think they're kind of in the same boat as the Warriors in some ways which is that they have some individual good pieces but they're not clicking and I don't know what they can do to make them click well again yeah um but so, Rebecca you watched a game today of the yeah well the and so, so before that what one of the um one of the accounts that I follow quite closely is Mm-hmm. Um, on Twitter at ineffective math, he runs hockeybiz.com, mm-hmm. and what he does is hockey statistics visualizations. And one mm-hmm. of the ones that he shares every day is playoff chances by by Western Conference versus Eastern Conference. So mm-hmm. before today's game, the Sharks were five percent statistically to make it to the playoffs. So, so you're saying there's a chance. Listen, listen, I will <laughs> say it again chance. and again and again that last year the St. Louis Blues were last in the league as mm-hmm. of January 1st and they went on oh, to win yeah, the Stanley I didn't know Cup. That. Wow. Yep, so, it's true. So anything's possible. Anything is possible in this crazy sport that has no meaning. So yes, <laughs> it is possible for the Sharks to make the playoffs. Uh yeah. it's just not probable that they will. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Um so yeah, so today was the um, Caps Sharks game. I think it's the I believe it's the last time they're going to face each other this season. They really I only play true. They only play twice, once in each of our arenas because we're right. in different um, uh, conferences. So um, first of all, as a Caps fan, I have to mention that today was the ten year anniversary since Alex Ovechkin was named captain of the Capitals. Hmm? Um, so he was 24 at the time he was named. Of course, he's 34 now. 
He and I share a mm-hmm. birthday. Have I shared that with you? We're birthday oh, twins. Oh, no, I don't think so. Wow. He's, he's a year older than me and significantly richer, but same birthday. <laughs> um, he was the first European-born captain of the Capitals. He's the fifth longest tenured captain in the league. Um, people uh, who have been captains longer are, I want to say, Zidane Chara, Sidney Crosby, uh, the guy, Miko Koivu, and two other people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or one Gretzky? other person. He's my go-to hockey answer. <laughs> he's, not, he's not currently a captain. Oh, currently a captain. Currently okay. a captain, yeah. Um, so, I didn't know that. I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, as you, re- as you mentioned, Nancy, the Sharks have a new coach. Um, they, the Sharks have actually won their last two games, which were both on the road against Pittsburgh okay. and Columbus. So, uh, Pittsburgh is a solid team. Columbus, eh, they're all right. Nah, but they, yeah. they, they actually they put up a really good fight. Um, but what's notable at the, about that for the Sharks is that they're both road games that they won, and in December the Sharks lost every single road game. They sure <laughs> did. Yeah. yeah. Like, they lost against the Detroit Red Wings, who have won 10 games the entire season. I was going to say, it's been a pretty <laughs> apocalyptic season for them. I don't know yes. a ton about teams other than the Sharks, but I have heard uh-huh. yes. things. The Red Wings are not doing well. No. Um, as I mentioned before, the Caps are taking too many penalties. Uh, today, actually, they managed to not take a penalty for an entire period plus five minutes, which is kind of amazing. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But then once they did, they took like five more after that. It's like breaking the seal when you're drunk. <laughs> um, but I did want to touch on a, a couple things that happened in the game. Um, mm-hmm. The first was at the beginning of the second... Um, the Sharks appeared to score, and the goal was immediately called off for a high stick. So mm-hmm. I, I did tweet about this. I remembered that our goal for, with this podcast is talking about, like, what, what these little things mean. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. scoring a goal off a high stick means the puck went in after touching a stick that was higher than the um, crossbar on the goalie's net. So the goalie's net is, I don't don't know, say it's like elbow height. It's like armpit high. Yeah, it's something like like that. I want to say it's four feet high, which Mm -hmm. is probably like belly button height for these guys because they're all giants, (laughs) but that's like nose height for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So if the stick that that, uh, creates the forward momentum for the puck to go into the net is higher than the cross... Uh, crossbar of the net itself that's played with a high stick and that's not allowed so why uh, it's in like the why do we care oh Just because... well so so high sticking is not allowed um generally as a safety reason they don't want people uh... just kind of like waving their sticks around willy-nilly now they sometimes do do that anyway <laughs> but but usually what nobody doing... wants anybody waving sticks around willy-nilly. <laughs> it's liable to well, get you not fired. generalize too much um so i mean you'll see players like wave their stick around because they're trying to get out of like a scrum and they're just trying to pull the their hockey stick out of thank you traffic yeah (laughs) too Um, many sticks but 
but you can't play the puck with a stick that's too high. Okay. Yeah. So it's, we only care because it's a rule and it's a rule because it's yeah. a safety concern. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So no yeah. baseball bat swinging of the hockey well, stick. Well, if you can keep that's it under correct. four feet. Maybe. I was wondering if the average baseball swing, I think it would probably stay under four feet. Well, unless you're, uh, which is the really tall mat? Olsen? Yeah. His swing is probably above four feet. Yeah, and like Aaron Judge is like seven feet in the air. Oh, yeah, no. no. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, continue. Um, So I did want to mention that. So the Sharks scored, but they didn't score. But they did not score, yeah. And and I, like, obviously I'm I'm always rooting for the Caps, and I'm predisposed to see things from their point of view, but I do... Mm -hmm try to legitimately take a step back and look at these things with a with an impartial eye and it it was definitely a high stick like there was no question mm-hmm. there yeah. right sure um so let's see then um Evander Kane of the mm. Sharks got a hat trick today oh wow it was it was his third career hat trick um, yeah he got one recently with the Sharks too and that is yes. three goals within the same game, correct? That's yes. correct. That's correct. Good point. Three goals in the same game, yes. And I don't think we'd this, mentioned that yet so far. No, it's a good point. And this was what we call a natural hat trick, which means that he scored three goals in a row uninterrupted by any goals um, by somebody else by on his anybody team. Else. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Um, which is actually pretty impressive. Yeah, I it is. I have a... Mm, I wouldn't even call it a love-hate relationship with Evander Kane. I don't actually like Evander Kane. No, no. Um, I don't either. But, yeah. Uh, But good for him. I mean, I'm glad the Sharks (laughs) got those three points, I guess. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think we can't be stingy at this point. Yeah. And, I mean, he's on the team. There's nothing I can do about it. I just don't particularly root for him. No. And and I have have a, you know, I I don't, normally I'd be really excited for anybody to get a hat trick, but uh, it's Uh Evander Kane. and. Uh And I suppose we should clarify so kind of a why. Jerk. Yeah, no, he has domestic violence in his oh, past. Oh, well, not yeah. just not just domestic violence, but like, but rape, public charges, right? assault, Gross. and yeah. yeah. So, um, in it's been a few years. Like in, it's it was not in 2016. A, yeah, he right. had two different assault complaints or assault yeah. charges. Um, yeah, one was get uh, one was three women. Um, accused mm-hmm. him from either pulling their hair or grabbing them by by the neck during encounters inside a bar. That's from an article from CBC News. Um, and there's video of the assault, but that was never made public. And mm-hmm. he actually pled guilty to that for, quote-unquote, non-criminal assault, oh, excuse me, non-criminal harassment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later in 2016, he was sued for injury by a woman he brought back to his hotel room who sustained right, that's cuts. that's what I was thinking Yeah, of. who sustained cuts and bleeding that required multiple surgeries. That's mm-hmm. from another CBC article. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not a huge fan of, a, of Vander Mm-mm. Kane because, Mm-mm. you know, I, I believe women, if we're going to mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, male, uh, rich men and rich men in power tend to mm-hmm. get uh, charges like this just brushed off. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah, know. I'm not even sure how you can plead to something that's non-criminal. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, so, so it was a thing when the Sharks signed him because they sh- yes. signed him two years ago to a mm-hmm. long. I want to say it's an eight-year contract, Ooh. and mm-hmm. it's and it, a expensive one, and large portions of the fan base were not yeah. happy about it. Um, no shit. And they basically kind of said. They didn't say much about it, but as I recall, it was sort of a like, well, he's, you know, he's looking for a new chance. He's wanting to put all that behind him. He's married now. He has a new baby. Like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know. Yeah, he's signed to a seven-year, $49 million contract. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't, like, you can't discount it, obviously, but like. No, you can't, you can't separate him from those events. But it's also hard to say that somebody who has done these things, has grown out of them. Right. Which, yeah. which right. I think After is probably no the... punishment at all. Right. So right. I, I would imagine that that's, like, the team's justification. Or well, I think so. Money I... is also the team's justification. Because well, right. that's what yes. any but team's But no, I think the public is. justification was, like, he's put all this behind him, and he's, a new, right. you know, like, he's a new person now, and blah, 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 blah. Right. So, but, and, obviously, he's a very good hockey player, and that's, yes. I'm sure, the other... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, I love the Sharks. I, I cannot root for Evander Kane, and it makes yeah. me sad also because he's one of the only, one of the very few hockey players of color, which yes, also sucks. Because yeah. it's like normally I would be like, that's great, like let's you know make mm-hmm. the sport less aggressively white. But <laughs> mm-hmm. it, Completely yeah. agree. Well, and then I yeah. wonder, you know, how many white players have been accused well, of something like right. this, and it just has not come to light. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a very valid question. We can talk about yeah. Patrick Kane another time. Uh, I'd rather not talk huh? about him at all because I just he's right. a gross human right. being. But right. you know, who knows right. if the fact that Evander Kane is not a white guy ended mm-hmm. up making this stuff more public? Right. Yeah. Uh, entirely yeah. possible. Yeah. Entirely possible. Yeah. For sure. And this is a so, general problem with hockey in general. Yes. Just like football, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of domestic yes. abuse. There's a lot of assault. So, like, yes. how do you make your peace with that as a fan? Which yes. Is a challenge. Yeah, that's is a challenge. Not unique to any of our sports. No. Unfortunately. No. I will say, yeah. basketball, I think, does better than a lot of the others. Um, the NBA has had a pretty good, like, no tolerance aspect for that mm, at least in recent years. I was years. gonna say when did that start? Because in the last like I six say minutes. Four or five okay. Years. No. Yeah. Okay. Yes, six minutes. <laughs> but I feel like it I wouldn't say that it doesn't happen, but that it is less a part of the culture, I think. I feel like Good. I've heard about it less and just my you mm-hmm. know, the little bit of mm-hmm. basketball I've watched in the mm-hmm. past few years. But that's yeah. not exactly. I, I certainly metric. would not say that it does not happen or that it would never happen again or anything like that. I would right. not go on that <laughs> go right. out on that list. Right. But I do, th- and and I do think there's something to be potentially said there as well for like the violence inherent in the sport, F- football, hockey. I mean, those are sports where you go out and you beat other guys up, like mm-hmm. to a certain extent, right? Like sure. it's publicly sanctioned thumping. Sure, basketball not quite so much. Yeah, but if you but, look at these. Uh, maybe this should be a, a whole episode on its own. If, oh, if you look at these, at the individuals playing these sports when they're younger, mm-hmm. they're not particularly mm-hmm. violent outside of their sport. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway. It's a big question. <laughs> got a hat trick today. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the, sharks were, the Sharks were up by two for most of the game. Um mm-hmm. With one minute left in the game, Logan Couture scored an empty net goal to put the Sharks up 4-2. Literally one nice. minute left in the game. Um, and I all of the... Couture. Yeah, I, I actually do too. 
Um, He's a sweetheart. I, I also love Tomash Hurdle, who plays oh, the yes. Sharks. Yes. Mostly because yes. I can call him Hurdle the Turtle. But... Hurdle the Turtle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's delightful, um, though. He's, he's really He seems fun. delightful, yes. Yeah, um, no, he's great. He also knows how to wear a suit. Yes. You are not wrong about that. No. Yeah. Yeah, you, just, yeah. Have you seen his wedding pictures? Because yes. the photos of uh-huh. him with the uh, other Sharks guys all dressed yeah. up in their suits for his wedding, mm, A plus, 10 out of 10, would recommend, definitely yes. would Google again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he scored with one minute left in the game, and basically every beat reporter from both teams said, well, Logan Couture ends it 4-2, great day, mm-hmm. let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 seconds later, Jacob Vrana on the Caps scored, and then Ooh. with 15 seconds left in the game, TJ Oshie tied it up. So <sighs> that took it to wow. overtime. Two minutes into overtime, Lars Eller scored the game-winning goal, and the Caps beat no. the Sharks. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so this is one of those I'm cases where... I'm glad I where... didn't watch it. I would have been so angry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is one of those cases where the empty net hurt us because right. it was we pulled our goalie and Logan Couture sco- mm-hmm. scored on the empty net um, mm-hmm. but then we got back to an empty net and Jacob Rana scored and then TJ Oshie scored so mm-hmm. it balanced mm-hmm. out um, and there's some statistic like the Capitals are the first team in I want to say 25 years who have come back from this level of a deficit with one minute or less left to go in the mm. period to win it in <laughs> overtime Mm-hmm. Um, the last time it was done, I believe, was in 1995. So this is extremely unusual. And frankly, the Sharks probably should have won that game. But, well, especially you know, if they lost that goal early on, then, like, that's that's its own Yeah, but that, that wasn't a goal because... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, if I were, you know, if I yeah. were on their team, like, I would be like, yeah. well, fuck, yeah. we had it in the so, back. And then, yeah. yeah. So before we move on, there is one other thing that I want to wanted to yes. mention. Um, in the third, there was a moment where Brent Burns um, kind of, he, he checks Richard Ponick. Brent Burns is a defenseman for the Sharks. Richard Ponick is a... He's a very famous and highly regarded defenseman for the yes, Sharks. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, Ponick is on the caps. Um, mm-hmm. So Burns um, checks Ponick behind the um, shark's net and then proceeds to literally punch him while he's down. Oh, the, the ref is two feet from them and did not call anything. That's terrible. And it was... It was uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I apologize <laughs> for the cat, cat butt, butt in the middle of this conversation. It's this an is Stanley. of life. Um, Hi, kitty. Um, he's now going to sit on my shoulders. Uh, so I just, I just want to bring that up because I hate when this kind of thing happens. I hope. Yeah, no, that's I actually, I actually like Brent Burns, but I hope that he gets some sort of supplemental discipline for this. No, and totally. frankly, yeah, that's not okay. I kind of hope the ref gets some sort of supplemental discipline because. Yeah. He was standing literally two feet away watching this happen, watching Brent right. Burns punch right. Richard Ponick in the back of the head. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not acceptable. Did it look anyway. like the ref saw it and just didn't call it, or was the ref yeah. just oblivious? 
No, I think he, he looked like he was looking at it and didn't call it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Just had a little little space moment there. I guess. The yeah. stereo so anyway. staggers, my father would say. All right. Well, thank you for that update. Thank you for yeah. telling me about that game so I do not now have to go suffer through <laughs> an hour and a half of thinking they're going to win. Yeah. Only to have it ripped away mm-hmm. from me Those in the last suck. minute. Yeah. But yeah, no, for Caps that. fans listening, listening, just go watch the last three minutes <laughs> of the game. It's great. <laughs> and then tweet at Rebecca about it. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Okay. So that's our uh, updates. Rachel, tell us about baseball. <laughs> okay. Um, well, actually, I can kind of dovetail off what Rebecca was talking oh, about. Oh, fantastic. Um, where were they playing? Were they playing uh, in, in Washington DC. or San Jose? Yeah. Okay. They were in D.C., yeah. So um, this actually kind of ties into what you were saying because this is an unwritten rule for baseball, uh, but it applies to most sports, actually. Um, you'll hear people talking about you play for the tie at home, but you play for a win on the road. Ooh. So most sporting events, by virtue of simple logic, have a home team and a away team. I think we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. The home team is the one playing at their own venue, and the away team is the visiting team. Um, home field advantage plays a role in most sports, but in baseball it tends to be a bit more pronounced because the size and shape of a baseball outfield isn't standardized. Which is so weird it, to it's me. It's super weird, and I don't understand it. Yeah. But some people think it adds to the character of the game. Wait a minute. Sure. Did you say anyway. it, is, it is not standardized? The outfield part is not standardized. Yeah. Yes. So it's a home run in shapes. one park may not be a home run in another park. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Is Isn't it standardized in like the American League versus the National League? Nope. Every ballpark is slightly different. What? Yep. <laughs> well, that's the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard. welcome to baseball wow okay please continue yes okay so that's that's just a fact um additionally the division of innings into top and bottom means that the home team has the advantage of not having to play an extra half inning if they're winning in the last frame so common wisdom for all sports not just baseball is the score if the score is very close in the final minutes you try to tie the game if you're playing at home but win if you're playing elsewhere of course, everyone is technically playing to win all the time, and no team is going to turn down an opportunity to win outright if they get one. In some sports, the strategy difference is more pronounced than others. For example, a football team can choose between trying for one extra point or two after a touchdown. In baseball, playing for the tie generally means taking fewer risks with batting and base running when your team's up to bat. If the score's tied and you don't really need that runner on second or third, you won't tell the runner to try to steal the extra base. You might also go for a sacrifice play to score one or two runs instead of shooting for the home run. So that's how it's done. As for why it's done, that question is a little harder to answer. Um, I'll have to defer to my co-host when it comes to other sports, but the general feeling is that it's easier to win an extra inning slash overtime at home. Uh, Some quick Googling didn't reveal any formal studies that prove that, (laughs) but um, somebody named Raffi at the baseballreference.com blog (laughs) did look at how often teams who were behind by one run in the ninth had a player make a sacrifice bunt. That is bunt with the intention of getting themselves out so that the runner on first can advance. Sure enough, away teams tried that strategy a little over 12% of the time, but home teams used it 33% of the time. No matter why it's done, it seems that the home team is almost three times as likely to sacrifice an out to try to get one run home and tie the game than they are to save the out and try to get both runners home for the win. And them's the rules. Huh. That's so weird. I don't think basketball has an equivalent to that. I think you were just always planning to win. There are definitely well, 
unspoken rules in basketball about like you shouldn't win too hard on somebody <laughs> else's court like right. if you're gonna go sure. play another team it's a little rude to like spank them by 40 points <laughs> but even that happens i would wonder if because basketball especially the last few minutes slow down so much that in that very, very, very end game, uh-huh. if that starts to come into play. I honestly don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it does. Um, because what do you get if you tie the game in basketball? You get five more, more minutes. Time. Like, but then, like, but why? What What good does that do you? Again, I guess the feeling is that if you're the home team, you're going to have people cheering behind you, rooting you on. So it's easier to win in overtime if you're... Yeah, but, that's the but if you can just that win, then why wouldn't you just win? I mean, that's an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, if there's a basketball equivalent of that, I'm not aware of it. I don't think that's the case. I think I think people in basketball generally dread overtime. The only reason to want overtime is if you're not in the lead, at mm-hmm. which point you're just trying to, like, you'd rather win outright, but if you can at least tie it, then, like, you get another chance. Yeah. Yeah. So in hockey, there is value to tying it and then going to overtime because of the way the point system works that leads you to the playoffs. Uh, yeah. So um, so the playoffs are determined by a point system. You get two points for every win, zero points for every loss. And if you take it to overtime and then lose, you get one point. So if you take it to overtime and oh. win, you get your two points. If you take it to overtime and lose, you get one. So today, the Sharks took one point away from the game. The Caps took two. So there is value hmm. in tying the game and going to overtime. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think that same... Um, I, I don't know that anyone would say it's easier to win in overtime at home or away in, in hockey. I don't think that same kind of idea applies. <clears throat> well, and even then, like, it's still... Like, if you're losing, it's better to tie and to go into overtime. Correct. But if you're... But it would be better for you to just win outright. Because if you win in overtime, the other team does get a point. Yes. Whereas if you just win, the other team doesn't. Yeah, no, I mean, in a game like today, the the Sharks took one point away and the Cavs took Mm -hmm. two. The Sharks taking one point and the Cavs taking two, this does not affect the other team in either way because we're in different conferences right it matters much more if you're in the same conference or in the same division than it does right. if you're east versus west mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting okay well thank you rachel that's a very interesting fact you're welcome and it was interesting because the research i did didn't mm-hmm. show it so much applying specifically to baseball it's just kind of sports in general which oh, i found was fascinating was interesting it is fascinating all right Huh. Well, another thing that you had to tell us about, <laughs> continuing on talking. our, uh, our uh, theme from last time, is a little bit more about women's professional sports, because we talked last time about uh, the WNBA, and we talked a little bit about the Women's uh, Soccer League and National Soccer League, uh, National Women's Soccer League in WSL, and the, yeah. Uh, so today, you were going to tell us a little bit about women's professional baseball, but I want to start before we get into that with talking about baseball versus softball, mm-hmm. because 
typically, at least where I grew up and at least in my experience, those were seen as very gendered sports. Baseball was for boys, softball was for girls, yep. right? And the difference is softballs are bigger, softer, and softball is played on a smaller uh, field, mm-hmm. which is seen to favor those of us of the fairer and more <laughs> delicate sex uh, who cannot run as quickly or throw as far, which uh, I know, let us all have a fainting spell here for a moment. Uh, and I got to tell you, like uh, that woman whose name I can't think of who beats the pants off everybody in our intramural soccer or uh, softball league every spring could disprove this rule, <laughs> this understanding very thoroughly because she hits more over the fence home runs than anybody else, <laughs> let me tell you, um, and gets around those bases really, really fast. Um, in any case, that's been the typical understanding. Softball's for girls, baseball's for boys. So, but apparently there is women's professional baseball. Yes, okay. it, is, it does exist. It does exist. All there right, well, are some women who play baseball. And resounding su- support um, here. Yeah, the, I mean, it, such a thing, it does exist in the world, but it mm-hmm. is not in any kind of, like, stable form. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you Google women's pro baseball, mm-hmm. you will get a lot of information about the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, which is great. But it operated between 1943 and 1954. And this is the one that they had made oh, a movie about, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, Which that's I've a movie they've seen. Yes. But, right. you, I'm sorry. What? Okay, I think we've been. Yeah, uh, I know, right? I think I, we've been just, over this. Yeah, but. I didn't grow up with a lot of movies. So, like. I no, didn't I either, but I've seen a league of their own. Yeah, well, we're going to take care of this. Okay. Don't, we'll, don't we'll worry about that. So, yeah, right. so nobody's yeah. told you you look like a little penis with a hat on? <laughs> That's no. from the movie. I'm Nobody not has ever told me. <laughs> I think my hair looks very nice today. <laughs> it does actually. I I'll love that to... color. Thank you. <laughs> I'll have to watch it with you and live tweet the experience. Yeah, oh, you should. Yes, oh, yes. please. You should. <laughs> yes. All right. So there was women's professional baseball. Yes. And then it went away circa 1954. Yes, because okay. all the men folk came back from the war. Oh, of course. And, yeah. Naturally. Um, cool. So, yes, you're right about the difference between baseball and softball. I haven't done a whole lot of research into the history, but um, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, softball was originally, like, created to be played, a version of baseball to be played indoors. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, that makes more sense. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I'm not sure how it happened, but it did become... come about so that women were associated with softball. Right. And men were associated with baseball. Uh-huh. And, yeah, and it's kind of unique among gender divisions in sports in that like there's one version of the sport for women and one for right. men. Right. They are actually separate sports as opposed mm-hmm. to just like separate rules. They are. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, the main difference is as you were saying smaller field uh, mm-hmm. for softball bigger ball for softball mm-hmm. and um, underhand pitching. That's right and there's also fast pitch and slow pitch. Yes. Because you and I play slow pitch yes. <laughs> softball with our very bottom of the barrel intramural team every <laughs> spring. Yes. So uh, slow pitch, if you're unaware, uh, the ball must be pitched um, underhand, and also it must have an arc to it. Mm-hmm. And you can't really pitch a ball fast and have it have an eight to ten foot arc and then dropped right. towards mm-hmm. the plate. Right. Um, right. Instead of going across the plate. It's supposed to go up and then land on the plate, which actually or just makes past the plate. Yeah, the on the plate was a new thing for me in this adult right. softball league. But but it's actually much more difficult to pitch that way, which 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure it yeah. is. Difficult then. Yeah. Um, uh, when it comes to fast pitch, you can just rear back underhand and throw it right um it doesn't need to have an arc it can come across flat but for most the higher level of fast pitch softball you'll see a wind up like an oak kind of over back mm-hmm. over the head. i don't know how to describe it mm-hmm. it's a visual medium it's like um, a backstroke yeah like exactly like swimming. a backstroke to, yeah uh, to build up more speed right and chuck and the ball from it. there and they can throw it pretty fast that yeah. way yeah, i was yeah. surprised college yeah. softball it's in the like 60s 70s 60s, 70s yeah. yeah um and there can be, depending on the league, some different rules about stealing. Mm, um, mm-hmm. But essentially, the rules are, are more or less the same. The strategies become different. Um, because the pitches are different, you can have um, what's called a rise pitch, where the ball actually, mm. um, instead of coming in a straight line, it rises up. That's mm-hmm. not actually possible when you're throwing overhand. Right. Sure. Some people say, will swear they've seen the ball rise. But right. No. But that, <clears throat> that geometrically, it's not doesn't actually allow possible. That. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay, so those are the differences between the sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently, you, the USA does not have a stable professional league uh, and team for women's baseball. There is a team that comes together, uh, a women's USA baseball team, that plays um, primarily in other countries, so mm-hmm. international meets. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the rest of the year, mm-hmm. the women don't really have a, a league to play in. Of um, their own, even. League. Yeah, uh-huh. you might say. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and I got a lot of really good information from an article by Natalie Weiner on SB Nation. Um, and there's a quote in particular that I thought was interesting. It says, as of now, women in baseball have received more screen time via Hollywood than on ESPN. Ooh. Which is kind of nuts because that mostly just counts A League of Their Own and the show Pitch, which I think was canceled after the first season. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you will find girls in baseball is mm-hmm. the thing. Um, but they're mostly at the little league or middle and high school level. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, our friend Stephanie played oh, really? baseball. Yeah, she I didn't was, know that. Yeah, she, yeah. So there is, you know, there's some space from that. A few years ago, I think a girl pitched uh, the uh, Little League World Series. That's right. I remember that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The problem is, and I hadn't even thought of that before reading this article, that there's no infrastructure for women's college or pro baseball. So if you want a scholarship, you got to mm-hmm. switch to softball at some point. And that's a hard switch. I mean, I remember Stephanie saying, like, you know, she was she was a really good first base person uh, in her, you know, I don't remember if it was junior high or high school that she was playing, um, but it's challenging for her to switch to our slow pitch softball because mm-hmm. the ball is bigger and it comes in at different angles and like it's you know she can't then go pitch for us because she's used to pitching a baseball yeah and it's batting fielding and throwing are all yeah. very different i imagine i would imagine it's equi- the the a similar equivalent to saying oh if you want a football scholarship sorry you have to switch to rugby yeah, yeah. i mean it's yeah, i think so. it's a That's different sport true. entirely yeah mm-hmm. yeah that sucks. Um, it does. Yeah. Um, and if you ever watch any college softball, which I watch a little bit of it, um, it's it's interesting because it's very highly feminized. It is, You yeah. see a lot of hair ribbons, um, a lot of flowers, makeup. Um, and as a result, women's baseball has kind of like shunned that to try to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get an interesting kind of rivalry there that's kind of unfortunate. It is mm-hmm. unfortunate, because that's, I mean, I know that's one of the things that, like, a feminization in sports is always so interesting to me, because, like, 
you know, I think of the little gymnastics girls, right, mm-hmm. who are like 15, 16, 17 when they go to the Olympics. And they often also, like, have the glittery makeup and mm-hmm. they have their, you know, ribbons in their hairs. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. and in their case, I think it's very often, no doubt unconsciously, done as sort of like, I know I'm tiny and I know I'm very strongly muscled. Yeah. I'm still a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> Look, I have pink ribbons in right. my hair. And, like, first of all, the fact that they feel the need to do that is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And second of all, then the fact that, like, it becomes this thing of, like, it, it almost becomes a part of the uniform because it's so, I don't know, the coding of all of this stuff gets mm-hmm. really interesting. Yes, like, it, does. it shouldn't be a bad thing if you want to wear glitter makeup to your gymnastics meet, but you shouldn't also feel like you have to wear glitter makeup to right. your and you shouldn't be meet, right like and you shouldn't be judged negatively because you've chosen to wear your glitter makeup right yeah exactly all of yeah. the above yes and at the same time there shouldn't this be be this expectation that you need to right be feminine right right anyway so the corollary problem that you've probably figured out is that softball gets shit on as easy and or boring to play because that's what girls play well color me surprised <laughs> Um, so the point is, there are there are women in baseball, and it you know it just it, there's nowhere really for them to go after mm-hmm. a certain uh, period of time. And a professor named Jennifer Ring has written a book called Stolen Bases: Why American Girls Don't Play Baseball, and I have not read it yet, and I would really like to. Um, and she said, every girl has to feel like the first. It allows us to see every successful girl as an outlier, mm. when in fact it's just that we are erasing girls in women's baseball history. Mm. Um, so the U.S. does have a women's national team that plays at the World Cup and other international events, but very few domestic events. In fact, they play their games in the U.S. at high school baseball fields. That is a fucking embarrassment. Yeah. Wow. Who do we write to the A's and tell them to let <sighs> yeah. them come play? They, the A's have been supportive of girls in baseball. Uh-huh. But again, that, that discussion tends to stop right. at the high school level. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well... Thank you, Rachel. I have learned a thing today. I feel <laughs> You're like... welcome. And this just scratches the surface. I'm and there sure. are, of course, plenty of leagues out there. I know the comedian Rhea Butch- Butcher who, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. identifies as non-binary, but right. they are on a, um, a gender-diverse mm-hmm. team and league. Um, and I follow them on Twitter, and it's and really they do a baseball oh, that's great. podcast, yes. too, right? Yes, yeah. called Three, Three Swings. We should uh, link that. Yes. What's it called? Three Swings. That's how many you get. <laughs> well, unless you hit fouls, then you get more. Shh. <laughs> it's more poetic to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Well, okay. All right. I'm going to start bugging the A's and be like, hey, why don't you let these folks come play it on your field? Because honestly, I mean, that is just a travesty. Yeah. It really oh, is. Okay. Rebecca. Yes. You had some football news for us. I do, I do. And actually, it's good that we waited until just this moment because the <laughs> final game of the um, wild card has just ended. <clears throat> so oh, now we know okay. what the first week of the NFL postseason is going to look like. Oh, so, all right. I, can you tell me real quick how the postseason is structured for the NFL? Oh, yeah, because it's super weird. Please tell us. All right, so I want to, I would like to remind both of you two and everybody else that I am the football stand-in, so it's possible that I'm going to get something wrong. However, 
Um, well, well, just Brittany speak about can, it confidently. Brittany can yeah. write our mailbag. Yes. <laughs> we'll include the corrections on the next episode. Um, so this weekend were the wild card playoffs. So the NFC and the AFC are the two conferences, national and American? Atlantic? American? Sure. Let's go American. That sounds right. <laughs> um, so uh, yesterday were the AFC playoffs, and that was the Titans versus the Patriots and the Texans versus the Bills. So the Houston Texans beat the Buffalo Bills in overtime, and the Houston Texans are who um, Deshaun Watson plays for, who we talked about many, many weeks ago, oh, yeah. who did that like, yeah, yeah. post-game. Okay, this is exactly what happened in this period of the game. So we like mm-hmm. them. We're, we're on board with the okay. Houston Texans. Um, okay. And then um, last night, the Tennessee Titans beat the New England Patriots 20-13. Yeah. This, they, they were, a, as far as I'm aware, they were a pretty heavy underhand. Uh, underhand? Underfavored. Underdog. Uh, They were pretty heavily the underdog. Um, So Tom Brady threw an interception with nine seconds left in the game. Mm. Um, Could you elaborate on that, please? Sure. On what an interception is? You're really testing me. How did Tom Brady screw up? (laughs) Well, if we go back to 1986. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I don't know that much about Tom Brady. So um, so the Patriots had possession of the ball. Uh, they were leading the game. There was, uh, what, what did I say, nine seconds left in the game. They were basically going to win no matter what, but they were far enough down towards one end of the field that when Tom Brady threw it, basically to end the game... Um, a player on the Tennessee Titans caught the ball and ran it for a touchdown. And so... Yay! The, yes. no, no, so no, the Titans, are you telling me that legendary quarterback Tom Brady <laughs> threw the ball to a person on the other team? I am. <laughs> and lost the game and therefore the season for his team, <laughs> the New England Patriots. Almost single-handedly. Yeah. Wow. Uh, not even almost. Like, I am, I'm Entire, gathering that single, like, basically almost single-handedly. Yeah, basically single-handedly. Um, so I did ask uh, Brittany about this. What a beautiful moment. <laughs> I think is off to such a good start. <laughs> that the schadenfreude is just delicious. It doesn't get any better. It's true. <clears throat> so I did ask Brittany if she wanted me to say anything about football today and she said you mean besides the fact that tom grady tom brady got his ass handed to him last night (laughs) and you said oh we were gonna cover that anyway (laughs) exactly exactly and so the other thing that she pointed out is that now that his season is over because he lost the game last night because he threw an interception with nine seconds left in the game he Mm. his contract is over and so he's now a free agent oh (laughs) So I said, someone's going to sign him, right? He's going to be like the Joe Thornton of football. He's, uh, yeah, because he's old. Right, and that's what she said. She said, it's hard to say. He's 42 and expensive. Yeah. He's older than Joe Thornton. Yeah, he's older than we are. I was thinking he was our age. No. Yeah. We are she says she, she says, he's older than Joe Thornton. His actual name is Thomas Methuselah. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, Joe Thornton, who is famously one of the 41. oldest players in the in the hockey 
league mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League. He's 40. And Tom Brady isn't is... He, no, he's 41 now, isn't he? No, I looked it I up he... just this afternoon. Oh, okay, he's right. 40. I must be, be thinking of Marlowe then, Patty Marlowe. Could be, yeah. One of them's 41, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, Joe Thornton, who looks like Father Time, is 40. Oh, he does, <laughs> and, yes. And Tom Brady is 42. So... One of the funniest things I have seen is side-by-side photos of Joe Thornton when he signed as an 18-year-old and Joe oh, Thornton God. now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You got to Google it. And then you got to tweet it because okay. he, I mean, he is like this. I mean, he looks like a beautiful 13-year-old with these golden curls. And then now he's like oh entirely God. grizzled and has like a foot-long gray beard. It he is really does. hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. And um, anytime I want to, mm. you know feel not great about my age. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, see, Rachel just found it. And that's just when he started with the Sharks. <laughs> yeah, no, find, mm-hmm. find like his rookie year photo. It's incredible. Is it that? No, I don't think so. Anyway. So, okay, so Tom Brady, possibly on his way out, because he's an yeah, old man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, anyway, I, the, the point of where that... it's due, playing an impact sport until you're 42 is rather impressive. Yes, yes. Like, absolutely. Still. Yeah. So anyway, the the oh, um, the Titans beat the Patriots. The Texans beat the Bills earlier today. The Vikings beat the Saints, and then as of Yay! about go <laughs> as of about ten minutes ago, the Seahawks beat the Eagles. So now I'm Yay! Sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. There's balance <laughs> in the world. But um, so that's going to be so do we know who's playing who now is it Seahawks yes, versus Vikings yes. and Titans so, versus Texas so so next weekend it'll be the Vikings versus the San Francisco 49ers and oh. the Tennessee Titans versus the Baltimore Ravens okay and then on Sunday it will be the Houston Texans versus the Kansas City Chiefs and the mm. Seattle Seahawks versus the Green Bay Packers Oh, wow. Okay. okay. And then essentially at that point, I mean, starting this weekend, it's everybody mm-hmm. is a must win game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you so, happen to know if you're staring at this on your computer, if the Vikings versus 49ers is in San Francisco? It is in San Francisco. Oh, I might yeah. actually go to that. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what much tickets cost first. Yeah. Tickets are going to probably be pretty expensive since it's the playoffs. That's yeah. fair. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Well, we can look it up. If we go, I'll tweet about it. But yes, the games are in San Francisco, Baltimore, Kansas City, and Green Bay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. All and right. And so, so then it's the winner of Minnesota versus San Francisco uh, and the winner of Tennessee mm-hmm. versus Baltimore are going to play each other the following weekend. Mm-hmm. Same for Houston mm-hmm. at Kansas City versus Seattle at Green Bay. And mm-hmm. then there's like a two-week break and the... the um, Super Bowl is, the I think, the first weekend in February. Yeah, yeah, it is. Which means it'll be, like, mm, I want to say the second this year. Something like that. Maybe Yeah, something like that. No, maybe it's the third. I was just looking at a January calendar the other day. Uh, No, it'll be the second. You were right. The second? Oh, okay. Yep. Good job, me. (laughs) You remembered a trivial date. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the room only is... uh, Oh, gross. Yeah. That is a lot of money. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. How much? It's like two fifty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, not for standing room. Well, yeah. no, standing room is two twenty eight. If you but want still. a seat, that's you know up with start the seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> it's two forty nine. 
Yeah. Go find yeah, I barely a good... care about watching that on TV. Go find I'll a good Niners bar. Cause... Huh? Go find a good sports bar and watch it there if you want to watch with other fans. That's a really good point. Yeah. We should go to Bobby G's. Shameless local plug, Bobby G's <laughs> Pizza. Okay. Excellent I haven't been there. Bar. You haven't? Oh, no. They're so good. Okay. All right. Excellent pizza. So you should go Lots there together and watch A League of Their Own. And then you can cross <laughs> off both firsts for both of you. Okay. Duly noted. <laughs> All right. Was there anything else we wanted to cover before I monologue about ice skating for a while? No, I just I just want to hammer in the fact that the that Tom Brady lost it for the Patriots. That's all. Please I'm, do. Who, how did the Patriots lose that game again? <laughs> Whose fault was uh, it? Tom Brady threw an interception. They were winning. There were nine seconds left in the game. So Tom Brady. So you lost would it. say if it hadn't been Tom Brady, they would have won. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what does that make Tom Brady? A loser. <laughs> it yes. does. Is that, you, is that what we were going for? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what By I was going for. By dictionary definition, I believe you were right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can uh, we can enjoy that more later again if we need to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So I've been wanting to talk about ice skating for a while, and this follows the theme of. Uh, all of my other sports, which is that I was into it as a kid and then I kind of lost track of it for a while. Um, and then I've recently gotten back into it and I really enjoy it. Shockingly. Um, when I was a kid, I remember I watched the, I remember the 88 Olympics, um, and watched speed skating. And there was a woman speed skater named Bonnie Blair, who was from oh, yeah, I remember that my name. hometown, Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. Um, and she was amazing and she won all the things. And I remember being, I must've been like five and a half years old. And like, I had a little chalkboard and I like wrote on it, go Bonnie Blair and like held it up to the TV (laughs) and like, uh, yeah, no, it was real cute. And and, like, I knew, I I knew she couldn't see it, but somehow like every sports fan everywhere, (laughs) I felt that this small gesture somehow (laughs) was involved in the fact that she won gold. Yes. Over and over and I mean, over I don't again. think you can disprove that in any I, manner. No. I, I, yeah. Uh, f- so from there, I also, I do remember watching, uh, what I guess it would have been 92 Olympics, but then I didn't get that into it again until 96 came around. And there was a lot of like, there was, there was the whole Nancy Kerrigan, <laughs> Kerrigan. I can't say it right because it's my name. Um <laughs> So when I was in junior high, uh, if if you've ever seen the spelling of my name at all, it's Nancy Kerr, and that then becomes Nancy Kerr again. again. And junior high kids are real creative. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like, I remember the Nancy Kerrigan and uh, Tanya Harding bits real, real well. Um, okay, that was, was that 94, 94, not to be a, a okay. bitch about so it. But I, I was, no, I was no, 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 right. So Bonnie Blair must have, must not have been 88. It must have been 90. I must be misremembering well, my dates. Well, that's, because there or, was a 92, oh, because changed. that was the weird where they split. So that's Winter Olympics were uh, every, were offset from the Summer Olympics. You're right. Because there was a 92 right. and a 94 And a 94, you're entirely correct. Yeah. Okay, so I watched 88, I watched 92. Then 94 was Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Hardy. And then 98, I was 15... No, I would have been 14 turning 15, and I fell completely and utterly in love with the new hot men's figure skating star, like you do. <laughs> you know, this is a thing. This is a Which one? passage. Ilya Kulik, 
He was yes. beautiful, and he jumped a lot of quads, and uh -huh. he was impressive, mm -hmm. and he had one of the most unfortunate skating costumes <laughs> of the 90s. Bless his little Russian And heart. that is a high bar that to clear. That is a high bar, but if you Google Ilya Kulik uh, 98, you will figure out which one I mean real quickly. <laughs> it was an atrocity. Oh, God, I remember um, that. I remember that. That one? It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like a giraffe oh, print shirt yes. in banana Ooh. yellow with a white vest. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But he was real cute. So, like, you know, what, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Anyway. Oh, and then I promptly did not pay attention to much of it at all through the early 2000s and the 20-teens and recently got back into it. Um, and so one of the things that I was doing was learning about, like, what happens the rest of the time when it's not an Olympic year. Because prior to that, I really only had the facility because I mean this was all like really pre-internet stuff right so yeah. like you couldn't really oh, yeah. follow and I lived in podunk nowhere and like we had you know like two channels on the tv and one was pbs and one was news so it was not like I was watching or keeping up in any way with like skating competitions in the U.S. or anywhere else in the world right, right. so like the olympics was it mm -hmm. um, it was impossible to do adult, though right yeah you're right so, but as an adult, we now have the internet. We now have, you know, Hulu and YouTube and <laughs> Twitter and all of these. And so I've been able to watch a lot more and I've been able, thus, because I'm able to watch more, I've been more inspired to learn more about like what goes on the rest of the time, right? So what we just, what we just had was the first major competition of the year, basically, which is called the Grand Prix of skating. Um, this year it was in Turin, Torino. Um, and... It's like sort of the end of the first half of the season, and it, it's where all of the figure skaters in four different disciplines come together and compete, and it's like the best of the best. So they have six events leading up to the Grand Prix final, and if you are a qualifier to one of the um, pre-events, then you go and you compete at those, and then the top six from those pre-seeding events then go to the final and battle it out there. So the, the finals are the top six best in each of the four events. So the four events are men's singles, um, which most everybody has seen at some point and knows what that looks like. Likewise, women's singles. Again, like this is, most people have seen that. You're familiar with Christy Yamaguchi, Tanya Harding, you know, uh, Tara Lipinski, any of these people, right? Um, but then you also have pair skating and ice dancing, which folks I think are less familiar with generally and also with the differences between them. Mm -hmm. um, pair skating is the more acrobatic of the two. So you have two skaters, uh, a man and a woman. And one thing I wanna look up and because I don't know the answer to this is if it's required to be a male-female pair or just tradition that it's been male-female pair because I wanna know the answer to that and I don't. Um, but Pair skating is more acrobatic, so there's jumping. Um, they have to land uh, triples, at least, in their jumps, and they also do a lot of throws of the smaller partner, who is almost is universally the woman. Uh, ice dance is, as the name implies, more about dance. So it's like ballroom dance on ice, basically. So there's still lifts, there's no throwing, they don't do jumps, but they instead do all of these really complicated dance sequences. They're the ones that focus um, on, like, footwork, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you do still... It, there's overlap. You do get dance elements in the pair skate, and you do get, you know, 
athletic elements in the ice dance. But that's the main distinction. Yes. So I just looked up the question about um, same-sex skating. Um, Yes. The International Skating Skating Union does not allow pairs to consist of two skaters of the same sex. Specifically, the ISU Constitution calls for one lady and one man in each pair. Interesting. (laughs) And only the man is allowed to lift according to the rules. Oh, that's interesting, too. Okay. I feel like that can't last too much longer, but all right. Yeah, but you know what? Well, you never know. It shouldn't last too much longer, but it will. Because because all of the gender barriers in the, or gender uh, roles and limitations in the Olympics are going to last forever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's its own special can of worms. Anyway, um, so so those are the four events at the uh, at the Grand Prix final, and you have these pre-qualifying events, um, and they're held all around the world. So you have Skate America, you have Skate Canada. There's one in Russia. Uh, there's one in, I believe, Japan. There's one in China, um, and then there's one I'm forgetting about. Oh, France, I think. And if you're a top level skater, you get assigned to. Um, at least one, sometimes two of these events, and you go and you compete. And of all of those results, they will take the top six skaters. Now, that's not as simple as the gold medalist from each of those events, because if you're competing in two of them and you get gold in both of them, then you you're don't get going, in twice. That, right, exactly. So you do get some folks who get silver medals who make it through. Um, and you do have, I think there was somebody who came in fourth or fifth in one event and then one gold in one of the other events that squeaked in. Um, so, so there's a little variation there, but your top six come together at the grand prix final and then they all compete against each other and you get first, second, third, fourth, fourth, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, as you would in any other sort of thing. Um, figure skating is judged in two ways. Uh, there's a technical score and a performance score, technical component and a performance component. Um, the technical is all about, you know, are you executing the technical elements well? Are you jumping correctly? Are you doing lifts properly? Um, and the presentation is how nice do you look while doing it? (laughs) And there are also um, like the difficulty factor of what you're doing. So part of the strategy and part of the interest in watching it is, is it a better plan to try and do a a less difficult thing really well and really consistently? Or is it going to get you more points to try and go for the harder thing that you're not as likely to succeed at doing, or if you do succeed at doing, are not going to do it as well, right? And that varies by skater. And one of the really interesting things this year is that, so to compete in the Grand Prix, you have to be, you have to have turned 15 by a certain date. So it's all like 15 and up, basically. So it's the senior level. Senior, (laughs) making air quotes here, senior level. And one of the things that happened to this year is that there are three young Russian female skaters, (laughs) the commentators kept calling them the Troika, who... um, came up from the junior division this year, it's their first year, and are just menaces and are jumping five quads, which is unheard of. The women just started jumping quads like in the last, I wanna say 10 years. 
and even in international competitions. In international anyway. competitions, yes, that's correct. Um, and these girls are jumping four or five of them in a program, um, and the really yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and so. Of the Troika, you have one who's extremely technically proficient, one who's extremely artistically proficient, and one who splits the difference. And so it's at any given competition, anybody's guess which one of them is going to end up on top. So they were all three there. And then there was also um, another Russian girl who is like a year older than them and is struggling not to get washed out because the next, the three below, you know, like she's mm. 17 and she's like, oh, I'm washed up. These three 15 year olds are jumping all the pods and I can't. Compete. Washed up at yeah, 17. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> and then uh, the defender from last year, who, if I recall correctly, was a Japanese girl who uh, came in, I think, fourth or fifth. And had a really respectable program, but doesn't have a quad. Um, and then I can't remember who the other person, like probably another Russian. It might have been, <laughs> it might have been five Russians <laughs> and a Japanese girl. I'd have to look it up to remember. So that was one thing. Um, Should we say a quad is spinning around? A quad is a times? kind of jump. And you jump into the air and you make four full rotations before landing back on the ice. Jumps vary in difficulty. But a, a rotation by. is a spin, not a flip. Yes, yes, that's correct. A spin on a, a vertical degrees. axis, not a horizontal axis. Right. right, right. So they vary in difficulty. All jumps vary in difficulty based on a couple things, um, but primarily the angle of entry and whether or not it's called a toe pick jump or not. So toe pick jumps if I understand correctly, are considered easier because you kind of kick yourself off the ice into them. So you have, like, it's easier to get the rotations. So um, let me back up real quick. There's a difference in yes. skates between hockey skates and figure skates. And yes. one of the differences is the toe pick. So on the figure skates, on figure skates, there's almost like a little claw. There's there's yep. um, like a jagged edge at the, mm -hmm. the tip of the blade, of the skate mm -hmm. blade, on figure skates mm -hmm. that does not exist on hockey skates. So That's figure correct. skaters are frequently able to jump easier because they can mm -hmm. use that toe pick to, to kick themselves up. They also use exactly. that toe pick to stop themselves, whereas you a hockey player typically turns their whole body, you know, 90 degrees mm -hmm. and <clears throat> uses their the angle of the skates to stop them rather than the toe pick. Right. That's a very good point. Um, so, so jumps vary in difficulty based on whether or not you're kicking yourself off the ice or just like jumping like you would on the ground and your angle of entry, because it affects what counts as rotations. Is it really like um, just 360 or is it like one and a half to count? And then also the, the, um, like whether you're entering, whether you're entering it going forward or backward. Um, so these, these girls are, uh, like just beating it in just doing ridiculous things. Um, like they don't even, like their legs don't look like they'd support this sort of activity. <laughs> um, but they do. Uh, and yeah. So that's interesting. The other thing that was uh, important was that in the men's singles, um, there's a Japanese skater named uh, Yuzuru Hanyu who is 
incredibly well regarded he's considered one of the best skaters ever he's won all the medals there are to win multiple multiple times he'd been out for a little while and in the meantime this american called nathan chen who is you know the child that every american mother turns to her son and says why can't you be more like nathan chen (laughs) because he is a top tier figure skater and also a sophomore at yale and like just yeah makes the rest of us look bad (laughs) incredibly bad without even trying yet. No, I'm sure he works very, very yes. hard. Uh, but he makes it look easy, right? One of those kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while Yuzuru was out, Nathan has been winning everything. So this was the first time that Yuzuru was going to be back and try to reclaim his medals from Nathan. Uh, he did not, spoiler alert, uh, Nathan, Nathan won uh, quite handily. Um, and with a really flawless program. So if you have a chance to go and like watch that, okay. um, definitely recommend. The The main upset was the bronze medal in the men's figure skating. Uh, Kevin Amos, who was who had never been to the Grand Prix final and had, was not expected to do particularly well, went out and just killed it. And like looked like he was having a great time. Like the crowd was super into it. He did a really good program. That's awesome. He was so happy. <laughs> it was really cute. You know, like it's always nice to watch somebody who looks like they're just they're just thrilled to be there. Yeah. And then he goes ahead and wins the bronze. So like, good on him. He's from France. France. I saw the flag. I didn't pull yes. that out of my butt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the uh, the <laughs> the women's competition was uh, a Russian girl, a Russian girl, and a Russian girl. <laughs> sure. For second and third. Uh, yeah. Do you know so, if or how the Grand Prix play into qualifying for the Olympics? I do not. Um, well, I have a suspicion, but I haven't confirmed it. Um, okay. There are multiple events every year. So the Grand Prix is only the beginning of it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are, you know, everybody competes in their nationals. And then there are also, there's like the uh, European mm-hmm. uh m- and there's They're like world championships, right? Right. And then yeah. there's worlds at the end of the season. So there's like a few of these and all of those affect your standings. Okay. And I think this is kind of like tennis. I think tennis does this too, where like you, you're continually ranked against other people in the world based on what you've been winning. So if you're like, you know, the best in whatever, whatever you're ranked 12th or so, okay. um, I think that that somewhat affects the Olympics, but I also know that like, Going to the Olympics also depends on how many people your country is sending. Right. Um, some countries, I think, also it depends on like their internal competitions. Um, you know, so maybe how you did at Russian Nationals is more important than how you did at the Grand Prix. I don't know. So okay. we'll, we'll figure that out before the next Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's been really fun. I've really enjoyed it. Um, the, I'm going to try and watch more figure skating because I was, I was watching the Grand Prix qualifier events. Um, and then I, I did watch all of the Grand Prix finals. Um, and it was really fun. It was really interesting also to see people's programs get refined as they go along. Um, yeah. As they change them and update them and, and get better at them and stuff like that. Do you so. know, do they generally skate one program the whole season and just work on okay yeah they do and in fact there were a couple um there were a few folks who were new to the grand prix circuit who were skating last year's program because um 
if you'd sort of like just really fully nailed down and gotten comfortable with last year's program and then the season ended, then... Don't make me start over! I mean, basically, yeah. Um, And it's easy to sort of like upgrade your program by making some of the elements more difficult without Mm -hmm. changing the entire thing. And so there was definitely, I think it was a, an ice dance team that had just moved up from juniors to seniors, and they were doing last year's program because they were like, it's our first year in seniors, we're at the Grand Prix event, like preliminaries, we want to skate something we feel confident with, mm-hmm. it's not quite as hard as the other folks, but like we can do it really well, so. Yeah, yeah. and they have two or three skates in each like program, right? There's a two. short program, mm-hmm. yeah, long two. program, or oh, maybe it's the Olympics, there's a regular and a free or something like that right it depends so there are different so the um it depends on the the discipline so like ice dance has a free dance and a rhythm dance okay Um, but but yes generally a short program and a long program is basically um basically the idea have you seen yuri on ice Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I I, I literally it. just watched it last week. So this is all it's very so fresh good. in my mind. It's so lovely. So, I love it so much. I'm going to make Rachel? Rachel watch it. I have not. No. I, I'm so, literally scheduling this to make her and everybody else watch it because it's, it's amazing. It's really it so lovely. Much. So it's, it's a, really it's a, um, a 23-year-old who's a senior skater and he fumbles horribly in his in his last season and then decides to mm-hmm. come back for a for a comeback season and so it mm-hmm. actually explains a lot of the grand prix stuff and the short and long program it does a really good this, job it, it does yeah. and it's just it's a lovely lovely show and while i was watching it's it apparently really well i had too, too much to drink one night and now my ringtone is the yuri on ice theme song <laughs> 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 Which surprised the heck out of me the next day when my phone rang and I said, "Who is that?" Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, good job. No, it's a sweet show and I really loved it and I've watched it like three times and I am gonna watch For it for our listeners. Times. It's an anime and you can find it on Crunchyroll. You can find it on Crunchyroll. I also just bought it on iTunes because I was like, "Heck, I'm gonna watch." watch this you can buy it on Amazon get, too. Get the dub, not the sub. Um, right. But yeah, yeah, super good. Super. Wait, super the dub, it. not the sub other way around the okay. sub not the dub sorry 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 yeah but yeah. it's, it's so a lovely show I highly recommend okay super love it yes i'm sure i will watch it and you will watch a league of their own yep and we will report back <laughs> yes yeah. excellent we should have we should have watch alongs um cool so i think that's pretty much everything that we had to cover today am i missing anything what do we do we have any big events coming up other than i mean i guess the super bowl uh yeah we got the super bowl in february um we have the hockey all-star break uh right which and basketball is, likewise yeah yeah mostly like a marketing thing for the league trying to get little kids involved yep. and psyched about it um mm-hmm. there's an I'm all-star going on vacation sports i don't know about you week, guys right? okay mm-hmm. Would you say sorry? Rebecca? i said i'm going on vacation i don't know about you guys me too yeah where are you going nowhere my couch it's the oh, nice <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. I did all my traveling over the holidays. You did do a lot of traveling over the holidays. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this one up, and we will come back soon and tell you all about A League of Their Own and Uriana. (laughs) (laughs) And also any other poor NHL coaches that get fired in the meantime. Yeah. See how that (laughs) goes. For hockey reasons specifically. (laughs) For hockey reasons specifically, yes. Womp womp. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Rebecca, tell us where you can find us online. Yes. Uh, you can email us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. We are foulpuckpodcast on Instagram and at foulpuckpod on Twitter. And, you know, just look for us in a variety of those formats on the internet mm-hmm. and Facebook and Tumblr. But that covers it. Yeah. Those are the ones we're most active on. Yeah. True. Correct. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I am Nancy, and I'm signing off. I have been Rachel, and I'm signing off. And I'm Rebecca, and we'll talk to you next time. Yay! Bye!